0: This podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions.
1: Uh, Okay, Uh,
2: I'm Rita Leahy, uh, a Medicare card-carrying senior citizen of the the Women of of Asphalt. They tell me that I'm the original... Woman of Asphalt, I think that's probably just the old woman of asphalt. Uh, So uh, I thought that I would uh, arrange the the panel from relatively young to relatively experienced. That way I could keep track of the names because uh, my memory has failed me like other body parts, but somebody else had another idea. So I'm not sure I'm going to be able to keep all these names straight. I will do my best. Becky, Markeisha, Amy, Isabel, and Jess. Mm -hmm. I don't know that's going to last very long. (laughs) Okay. Before we hear from the panel, uh, looking around the audience, I'm I'm guessing that most of you were not alive in 1969, but there are a few senior citizens back there that uh, may recall in 1969 when Neil Armstrong planted a flag on the moon and... There's the quote, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, and I took the liberty of of making a slight analogy, variation on that. Uh, Audrey Copeland recently was named the uh, CEO of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Amy Miller, who's with us in our audience, is the national director for the Asphalt Pavement Alliance, and to vary Neil Armstrong's words, it's it's two big steps for asphalt and two giant leaps for the women of asphalt. So, with that, the first question I'd like to ask uh, our panel members, and I'd like to ask you to try to be reasonably concise in your response because I got a laundry list of questions here that Amy will fire me if I don't get through. Uh, Jess. Let's, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about what you do in the asphalt industry and, and how you got into this hot, sticky business.
3: All
0: right. Well, my name is Jess Hughes. I am from Superior Bowen in Kansas City, and I have been with the company about three years, and my start with the company was in the IT department, so I did not start in the asphalt industry. I started in the IT industry. Um, I actually went to school to be an elementary teacher, and I taught for a few years, and then got out of that business because it's not for everyone, and I learned that. <laughs> so I'm doing similar things now. Um, I work in strategy and innovation, so I travel around the country to different contractors and then try to evaluate different technologies and innovations that other companies are using that our companies could adopt, and then things that we're doing well that we can share with others.
4: Uh, my name is Isabel Troxel. I work for Ajax Paving. i been with them for about three years. I am a field superintendent, so I'm out in the trenches with the guys every day. I earned a degree in construction management uh, back in Texas, and after that, I decided to move to Florida. I started working for Club Med, which is a resort property, so totally outside of uh, construction management. And while I was there, I actually began a job search and landed a job with Ajax as an entry-level position. So I've been there for about three years now.
3: Amy Schumacher, um, president of the Heritage Group. And as far as the Heritage Group, Construction Materials is kind of a core, uh, long-time legacy business in our organization. Uh, so I get the pleasure of working with our contractors, our asphalt suppliers, as well as our aggregate businesses. So I feel a little bit out of um, out my element here as I sit by all these talented women because my my level or depth of asphalt is in the more kind of strategic sense, partnerships, um, specialty projects, etc. So I'm happy to be here. It's like a family affair. We have the mm-hmm. beauty of looking out here to so many familiar faces today. So mm-hmm. thank you guys for uh,
5: Marquisha. My name is Markeisha Williams. I'm with Milestone Contractors. I've been with them for five years. I started off as a density technician out in the field, and in 2018 I became the safety rep. Um, prior to coming here I worked for – A contractor uh, by the name of EMB Paving. I was with them for a couple of years. That's where I very first started out in the union. Um, After I got done with them, I went to another asphalt company (laughs) which is Wreath Riley and I found my home at Milestone Contractors which I'm very blessed to have. At Milestone I do go out into the field and make sure that we are working as safe as possible. I also work along with our safety department to do training, orientations, and also make sure that our groups are ready to
1: go. Hi, I'm Becky McDaniel. I'm the one that uh, Rita very diplomatically referred to as experienced <laughs> um, I've been around for over three decades in this in this industry, uh, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, I currently work at the North Central Superpave Center at Purdue University where I do research in all sorts of issues related to asphalt and the components in an asphalt mixture. Um, Superpay 5 and, and various other things. Uh, prior to that, I worked for the Indiana Department of Transportation in their research area, so research is really, really my thing.
2: I think underscoring the fact that uh, women in asphalt are, are not just kind of materials folks like Becky and I, but are uh, increasingly in, in more diverse roles in the industry, management, sales, safety, environmental, etc. The next question, and we'll start with my esteemed senior colleague here, <laughs> Becky. Don't uh, rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you like best about working in the asphalt industry? Uh,
1: that, that's a very tough question. I guess there, there are two things that I would focus on. One is just in general, the people that I've been able to work with over the last three decades are just wonderful there are all sorts of characters and all sorts of different personalities, but they've all been a, r- a real joy to work with. Specifically for me and, and my background, um, I love the fact that I get paid to, to learn something every day um, working in the research area. And it's, it's really exciting and stimulating, and there's so much going on in asphalt right now that it, it's really fun.
2: Great. Markeisha?
5: For myself like her. Um, There's two things. The company that I work for is great. I mean, they show up and here they are to support me and that's what really means a lot. Um, Secondly is being out there in the field and you get to develop those core Relationships with your community. So you see the little girls that are, you know, walking beside the paver, and then they see you, and they're like, "Oh my God, you're a girl!" And I'm like, "Yeah,
1: you know, we're out here, honey. We're
5: here." <laughs> so you know, and I, I just want to tell you, let me know when you turn 18, and I will help you, you know, get to the union, or you know, we'll follow your career path. But for me, that's that's the most rewarding part is when we see the kids out there, and you know, they're so happy to see you.
3: Well, I have to echo what. Um two of you said, I think, but then I have to bring something new, right? So um, I I think for me what I've experienced in the asphalt industry versus some of the other businesses that I get to experience is the focus on the customer. Truly, truly on the customer and what their needs are and what their challenges are and how we can apply, whether it's technology or products or um, a a creative supply chain. So it's just always thinking about the customer in mind um, as we sort of organize ourselves for the work tremendous. So for me,
4: um, my favorite thing is definitely just being in the field. Um, I, I love being out there and I love seeing a project start to finish and, and everything in between. Uh, it's really rewarding to, to see what, you know, the hard work that, you know, I put in in, in our company and, and the guys and, and women that work for us.
0: Um, I grew up with a dad who was on a paving crew and I just thought that asphalt was a job to do, and it smelled, and it was hot in the summertime, and it was I'm sure you guys would probably agree with yes. me, but I have realized that in construction, there are some of the hardest workers you'll ever meet, and asphalt is far more complicated than I ever would have guessed when my dad just came home from work smelling like he worked all day, so it's been fun to meet people and learn that it's not just boring, simple stuff.
2: Good to hear. Uh, what has been the most surprising Thing about working in this industry—it's
0: not just boring, simple stuff. <laughs>
4: <Okay>. <laughs> For me, uh, I'd say just the people that I get to work with every day—they're just so hardworking—and and to be around that, you know, every day is really awesome.
2: Okay. Any anything
4: different? Uh, I, I think I'd probably just maybe build upon, which is just the the science
3: associated mm-hmm. in asphalt. I think continues to, to just surprise me all the time. Um, my grandfather bled black is, like, the way I think about it. And mm-hmm. so I just never understood the mm-hmm. role of technology as you think about the sophistication and building a road and the materials mm-hmm. that need to be supplied.
2: It's more complicated than, more than complicated. we all imagined, I suspect. So Markeisha?
5: mine's is the same as Isabelle's. I mean, it's just when you go out there and you just see just how hard these people work, you know, you know it's just not just the people that are by the paving crew. It's your flaggers that are there for... Yes you know 16 hours you know just standing in one spot you know that's amazing you know i've been in that situation so i know it feels but to me that's just the most amazing part about it that's what surprises
1: me becky what surprises you I think it's the, the level of innovation. It just keeps coming, and it comes at, at all levels, from the, the guys in the field who, and girls mm-hmm. in the field. <laughs> I consider myself one of the guys. So. It's you know From somebody out in the field working who comes up with a better way to do something um, to those of us who are you know, stuck in the lab or behind a computer somewhere, it's just amazing what we keep coming up with.
2: How, how does a nice girl end up in this hot, sticky business? by chance, uh, by design. Becky, let's start with you again.
1: Sure. I was an English major at Indiana University, and I needed a summer job. My dad was a district director. They're directors now, but he was an engineer. So he managed to get me a job on a paving crew, on a paving project. And my job was to count the number of truckloads of sand it took to backfill a peat bog, which was incredibly (laughs) boring. So when my... Project supervisor came by I said, bring me something to read. I don't care what it is, but I need something to read. And he brought me a surveying book, and I, I, I was hooked. <laughs> All right. Markeisha?
5: My boyfriend worked, works for EMB Paving, and so I cleaned the offices for them, and I also worked for Rush Temporaries as an office manager. And the office was, you know, unfortunately then, it's great now, but they closed their doors, and... It was brought to my attention. Hey, we're looking for flaggers. Would you like to start? And I was like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of training am I going to have? And so they... Said, we'll go get your boots, and we'll get you a vest and a hard hat, and we'll send you out on a job. And I went out there, and when I went home, I told my boyfriend, I said, look, I don't know. <laughs> my ankles are big. My feet are hurting. <laughs> I can't take a break. I, I don't know. I can't sit down. So mine's is pretty much by chance.
2: Okay, so is he still your boyfriend?
5: Yeah, he's still my boyfriend.
2: <laughs> there you go. Longevity, marital stability. There what more go. could you ask for? Okay. Amy?
3: Yeah, I I, um, I think I entered it sort of through a different side door, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a civil engineer by education, but non-practicing. So um, in the spirit of a young 18-year-old trying to figure out what they wanted to do, my grandfather was, well, become an engineer. It teaches you how to think and how to solve problems. And so never practiced. I, um, it was the 90s, and so I followed the Internet boom out to California and cut my teeth out there, um, also in technology, and and quickly learned I wasn't really a great programmer, but I was pretty good at managing other programmers, and, and really had no sort of expectation to come back into the business until people like Kevin Kelly and, and a few others sort of Charles Potts recruited me back for a special project, if you will, and it was in the construction materials group, and it was really the first time that we were looking at talent and development and, and how do we rotate and provide educational experiences and, and relationships for those folks. And so that was – then I went off to do several other things, but it was really my kind of foundational moment in the heritage group and, and within the construction
2: materials group. Mm-hmm. Isabel.
4: Uh, so for me, uh, I'd say it's a little bit of serendipity. Um, I, I have a degree in construction management, like I mentioned, and I always anticipated doing something with that degree. Uh, but in terms of joining an asphalt company, I, I had no idea that that was even really a thing. So when I was started to apply for a job, I actually landed the position through a, recor- a recruiter with Ajax, and they have quickly become my, my family.
0: Uh, when I started in the industry, as I mentioned, I started in the IT department, which is not the same as an asphalt company. I just knew that there was a company that needed someone to keep the IT guys organized and on time for their projects.
3: <laughs> so that's how I
0: started, and the longer I was there, there was an opening in business development, strategy, and innovation. And I was a quick learner, and I spent about a year in IT just learning acronym after acronym. So I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not an IT person either. <laughs> so I jumped over to Asphalt and just started learning lots of different acronyms, like HMA and SMA and all sorts of other stuff. So that was how I ended up in the industry. They needed help, so I... It,
2: it, like it seems computer. like there's a, a, a thread, uh, recurring theme, and, and that is maybe that what we do in life is more the result of chance than, than choice, more, maybe more madness than, than method. Uh, so there, there's hope for everybody out there. Okay. Uh, was, was there someone or maybe a couple of people that were instrumental in encouraging you, supporting you uh, as you ventured into the asphalt world?
0: When I started at Superior Bowen, I started with two other guys in my department. One was Grant Willenhoft and one is Brett Stanton. One has a civil engineering background. The other has a biochem background. And here I was, this like young, organized girl who didn't know anything about anything. So they had me read finance books, business books, and super pave. (laughs) So so I was either going to learn really quickly or I was going to quit really soon. <laughs> so they kind of took me under their wing and figured she's either going to learn it or she's just going to give up. So I decided I might as well learn it. And that's how I got started, and they've continued mentoring me. And over the last couple of years, I've learned things that I had no idea even existed a year ago, but it's been fun.
2: Well, you're young. You've got plenty of time to learn time. more. <laughs> Memorize more acronyms. Right.
4: Uh, for me, um, so when I started at Ajax... I have one project manager that I've kind of stuck around for the last three years. His name is Roger Owens. He's been with the company probably almost 20 years now. Uh, He really took me under his wing and taught me the ins and the outs of the computer programs we use and how it works in the field, I mean, down to how you survey and use the survey machine. So he's been a a huge role in, in having me grow into who I am now. We have one crew that I work with a lot and I will go to them for any kind of question I have, and they will help me and guide me into the right direction. And I just think that's so wonderful mm-hmm. that they're so willing to, to help. Even though I'm supposed to be helping them, they're mm-hmm. actually the ones that help me.
2: Amy?
3: So, so my way came through chemicals. That was my sort of foundational moment in our group. And um, at a very young age, in my early 30s, was responsible for sort of this large turnaround, distressed chemical organization down in Houston, uh, Texas, that we bought from Dow Chemical. And so um, from a resume perspective, maybe I had the the skills, but from just a development and life experience, it was really like trial by fire. And so my mentors were actually the four middle-aged white men that I stepped in to lead. And they were tremendous in my development. I wouldn't be here without them. Um, it would have been exceptionally easy for them to have you know, kind of been counter to everything that I was trying to do to drive change and transformation in this business. And instead, they were nothing but champions for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm forever grateful because as, as Monument grew up um, and, and is what it is today, I got to grow up as, as I was leading sort of like real time. And um, those four men, uh, they invested in me. They took a chance on me. and and we sort of figured it out together.
2: Yeah, it's it's, uh, so refreshing to hear that, you know, the the white men that oftentimes have not done well or done well by their – subordinates uh, how supportive they have been in I I know in my career and it it sounds like uh, the others as as well I,
3: I think it's critical for success every man sitting here has to find a woman that they can help champion and support I mean that's that's the only way this thing transitions over time is if we're all in it together
2: Markeisha, someone special besides your boyfriend?
3: <laughs> okay, so
5: my mentorship really didn't start until I came to Milestone, and there was a guy named Terry Powell. He is now retired. He worked up in the Portland area, and then one day he told me, he said, you're not learning if you're not messing up. He said, you know, if we've got to pick this up and back it up and set it back down and continue to pay, he said, that's what we'll do. I said, all right. And he said, I'll tell you anything you want to learn, but you have to be available and you have to want to learn it. And that's what I did. Terry Powell did an amazing job with me. There was not anything that I cannot touch, mess up, or, you know, just get in there and get physical with. I mean, I, I know I said it earlier, but just from the people that came here to support me today, they're all my support system. I can go to any one of them with a question and they will always be there to help me answer it. Yeah.
1: I I also had three geeky white men uh, who were (laughs) my mentors. Um, The first was my dad. I mean, he told me when I was in high school, you should be an engineer. And I said, yeah, right, that's going to happen. So as I mentioned, I ended up studying English. Then when I did go to work for the Indiana DOT, uh, I was several layers down from uh, the chief engineer, Don Lucas, who was an incredibly ethical, wonderful engineer, So it was was good to work with him, and he was always very encouraging. helped me a lot along the way. Um, And then the third was my major professor at Purdue, uh, Leonard Wood. Most of you are probably too young to know any of those names, but Len Wood got me involved in the Transportation Research Board, in ASTM, in the Association of Asphalt Paving Technologists, he just kept encouraging me all along the way. He used to say, if somebody was flunking out of civil engineering at Purdue, he'd recommend that they transfer to Indiana University.
2: <laughs> and I
1: came the other way, so he never quite knew what to make of me, but, but he, he took me under his wing nonetheless.
2: So, uh, you know, a shout-out to uh, all the geeky white men. Uh, and, and I say that with the deepest of affection. Uh, I even married one of those guys. God rest his soul. <laughs> Uh, like the, the other women here, um, I had some just incredibly supportive uh, mentors, friends, and, and colleagues. And, you know, 35, 40 years ago, there, there weren't any senior citizen kind of women. I just, like the rest of the women, feel very blessed to have had those kind of uh, supportive people uh, that, that led by example and, and encouragement. What do you see as the greatest challenge for recruiting and retaining women in our industry?
5: I think that the greatest challenge is that when, for women, when you walk in, it all starts with your union hall. And when you walk into that union hall and the first person you see is another man and there's nobody there that you can identify with. Or, you know, to me, that's the biggest challenge, I think. And then it's just, women just don't really know. I mean, you know, people think, that one of the ladies that I work with, we were talking, and she said, you know, when I very first started, Brittany, she said, when I very first started, I thought they were just going to yell at me and cuss at me and, you know, be mean to me. You know, and I think that some women may be just a little nervous about joining the unions or non-union companies and working out in the fields.
2: Okay, so kind of a a role model uh, of seeing people that look like you in the industry. what other I, I might add
3: just awareness. I mean, these are really cool jobs, mm-hmm. and there is something for everyone. You like technology, you like marketing, you like customer relationships, you like customers. I mean, there's something for everyone within the asphalt business, and so I think it's about the messaging, about um, just the opportunities that exist. And, it's, and they're local or regional, so you can really do all things. You can build a family, you can have a life, you can um, develop deep relationships with people. And, th- and then I just echo, I mean, I think it's numbers, right? I think like mm-hmm. if you're going to be, if you're in the recruitment mode around women, which should be, more is better. It's night. Nice. They say in boards, right? Putting one woman on a board, there's very little impact. You, you put two or three and all of a sudden watch out, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's sort of a swelling and a confidence that exists. So I think for me, it's it's that peer group as mm-hmm. well.
2: I think we'll probably have reached critical mass in the industry when you have to wait in line at the the ladies' room. So, Jess, Isabel, what?
4: I would just piggyback off of what they said. It's it's awareness. Um, you know, even coming with a construction degree, it it was definitely intimidating to to get into this industry with it being male dominated. Um, but it's you know about knowing what you're getting into and just having the confidence to know that. You fit in, too, and, and, you know, you can work just as hard as any of the guys and and
2: get the job done just as well. Jess, anything different Um, from what you've heard? I think
0: just uh, the fact that, like, Women of Asphalt was started a year ago, and at the time it seemed like such a novel idea, that, like, we'd see each other in passing or maybe even run into each other in the restroom, but there were so (laughs) few of us that it was like, oh, there's, there's one other woman here, but the fact that, like, there are more than one of us here or two of us here, there are several of us here, and we can... I'll go back home and tell our friends and family, like, hey, I'm not the only woman who works at an asphalt company. There are others, and you can too. So just letting just letting, them know, letting people know that we're out there, we're working hard. There's a lot of fun stuff going on, and they can do it too. Becky?
1: There are so many different paths you can take in this industry. It's not all hot and sticky and smelly and, you know, um, <laughs> But but they're all exciting and you can find you can find your path.
2: any ideas on what contractors or material suppliers uh, consulting firms could do to make the organizations' or the work environment uh, better for women mm. I
1: would offer um, an example that Actually, my older daughter mentioned to me she works. She's a landscape architect, but she works in a firm with about 200 engineers. Um, Sorry to hear that. (laughs) Um, Just recently, they had some kind of a networking event for the women in their company, and they're about, I think, 25 percent is what they said. So, you know, I think if they can encourage the women who do work for them to get together and share their experiences and you know, get to know each other. Um, I think that helps because we do, we need to build our numbers. Mm-hmm. And we need to have those role models, other people like us. So and I think that would be one very small thing that, that could do a lot, I think, to help.
2: So Amy, uh, where's Amy Miller, uh, the Asphalt Alliance and the Women of, of Asphalt? You, you heard your first task for the new year is... <laughs>
1: Okay. Darn! I thought I had a great idea.
2: <laughs> More networking, ladies. Any, anyone else? What, you know what? It's... What can the industry do to be... promote your women? I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. when you
5: get women in there, you have to promote them, build them up, and you know, show them that you can do this. You know, if if it's just being out in the field, as being a labor, superintendent, an estimator, safety rep, CEO. You know, you got to promote them, and you have to push women in that direction to say, you know, hey, you can be anything you want to be in this industry as long as you put your best foot forward.
3: Mm-hmm. But and, and, promoting's everything. And I think then you have to promote, and then you have to tell their story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's where scale really comes from, is mm-hmm. telling. To get numbers, you have to mm-hmm. tell the story of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And so when you have stories like yours, I mean, that that's contagious, I think, for people as um, you want to recruit or evolve the workplace.
2: Anything else?
4: Maybe just providing a clear, you know, career progression Mm -hmm. um, for for women in the industry too is a big thing.
2: Uh, Might this tie in with, you know, the the aspect of telling your story, reaching out to educators? uh, You know, take my mom to school or unconventional sort of. Absolutely. Okay, Amy, that was task two. (laughs)
0: Okay.
2: Um,
0: Um, Real quick, can I add something? Um, Really quickly, uh, I think, uh, especially probably the men in this room know that the women in their lives just want to be heard and valued and respected. So if there's a woman in your company, ask her what her thought is about a new project or ask her, like, hey, we've been thinking about implementing this. How would you recommend that we do it? Ask them ask them what they would do about a problem that you have because there's a very good chance that they might have a really good solution for you. <laughs> if you're in a meeting and <laughs> there's a woman in there or two don't assume that they want to take notes like we're we're not we're so, right. <laughs> so we're, we're right. so much more than just secretaries yeah. I think we would love to, to be coffee. helpful yeah. <laughs> this is not my soapbox, so just wait um, <laughs> no like We want to be valued, we want to be heard, but we don't want to go out of our way to step on your toes. We just want to be one of the guys, and we want to be respected like one, too. Absolutely.
2: Very brave, very bold. I like that. Okay. So let's maybe wrap up kind of the the panel offering uh, their wisdom, uh, and then we'll open it up to some questions or, or comments in the audience. What advice would you give to... A young woman, or maybe even a young man, entering this industry.
4: My best advice would to be just be open-minded, um, willing to learn, uh, willing to grow and develop um, the skills and you know gain the education that you need, necessary, um, and be a team player. You know, be be one of the guys. Be you know a hardworking team player.
2: Okay.
0: I would add, learn what you can while you can. If you're in a position that doesn't seem like you're going to get promoted anytime soon, ask as many questions as possible. Ask for reading material. Ask if there's new training you can go to or a conference you can go to. The fact that your company sent you here is a good start. Um, Learn as much as you can so that when a promotion does come available or something else comes up, you're ready for it or closer to ready. You're never going to be completely ready to take the next step. And I've always been told or taught that. If your resume doesn't have, like, one longer stay and then another longer stay, then you're not doing it right. You're just hopping around too much. But if opportunities come up, don't be afraid to take them. Learn what you can while you can and then go for it.
3: Okay. Amy? Yeah, I I would obviously echo everything that was said. Um, I think there's a huge element of learning Mm -hmm. associated with it. I think there's a huge element of risk-taking, right, Mm -hmm. willingness to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that came to my mind, though, was around team But then continue to advocate for yourself. Like one doesn't have to serve the other, right? And Mm -hmm. so you have to do so in the appropriate way. But if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it for you? And so I think you have to own your own truth. You have to own your own career development. You have to own your own path. And you have to make what your wants and desires in a career are, you have to make them known. You can't assume people are going to guess. And so there's an element of that that I think is really important, is Mm -hmm. to self-advocate.
5: Um, I would just have to say, just shoot for the stars. I mean, you know, you can be anything you want to be out there. Um, It's just about you and the way that you approach the situation. I mean, just a little background about myself. You know, I just have a GED. (laughs) You know, the job was for, you know, a person that had a degree, and I didn't have that. So it was kind of like um, my senior came up to me and said, what are you doing? And I said, "What are you talking about?" She said, "What? Are, this is what you want to do. What are you doing? Apply. You know." So I applied for it, and then the general manager in the Richmond area, me and him, we kind of talked, and he said, "If this doesn't work, we'll keep we'll keep you going. We'll, we'll apply for something else. We'll just keep going." And I said, "All right." And then I went did my two interviews, and I was nervous. I'm, <laughs> a, you know, because I'm twirling my thumbs, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, is this gonna work?" <laughs> With a great company, and, you know, I was obviously blessed I got the position, but it's not about your degree. It's not about your background. It's not about how many years you've done it or, you know, we've all started from somewhere. So just shoot for the stars, aim high, and don't let no one else tell you that you cannot be more or just as a man that's, you know, next to you. Becky?
1: When I got started, you know, I was just snot-nosed college kid working out on the construction site with the laborers. And um, I had to prove myself to them, um, which is a good thing, really. It made me stronger. But what I learned from that is, is to be confident in myself but not arrogant. You know, you, ha- you have to work with people with all different backgrounds acts, and, and how you deal with people. And I really think that's a strength that women have and that they can bring to an organization. Um, so be confident but don't be afraid to ask questions either. I mean, that's how you learn.
2: Um, I would like to uh, a small quote, a very short quote on uh, wisdom. It is it is said that wisdom begins with three words. I don't know, so you don't want to be afraid to ask questions. Um, I know when I was starting out, I I learned a tremendous amount from the technicians with whom I worked. You know, you get your hands dirty. They Sometimes as an engineer you think you're smarter than everybody else and you can learn an awful lot from from good technicians so uh, I would always encourage people to uh, learn from the people that have been doing it for a long time so at this time uh, I would like to open to the audience uh, anybody have questions or Comments? Any of you geeky white men want to get your election? Oh, okay. Uh, the, we'll just start up with Mr. up.
5: <laughs> My name is Fred. I work for a woman, and I'm proud of it.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Roads from coast to coast with highway signs as our guide From town to town, day after day, the road
5: is
2: where you stay. This
3: podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions.